Podcast One Production. Hi, my name's Gary Megan, and this is a plate to call home conversations with fascinating people, all centered around food. Today I'm speaking with Tony Nicolini of Doc Pizza. He's a true artisan and when it comes to making pizza, something that most people don't realise in fact is that it's only recently that pizza has really made an impression in Australia. Tony's love of Italy, his family, his community is absolutely inspiring and the path that led him to running one of Melbourne's most successful pizza businesses, and not just one but more than a few, I think it's five now, is a lot more surprising than you think. So, take a listen. So, Tony, you are um, very well known in this town, this town of Melbourne, as being kind of the the uh, the Italian master, I reckon, that, you know, that kind of kicked off that resurgence in beautiful pizza. And you've got how many restaurants now? All... There are uh, five restaurants. All um, doc? All uh, DOC? They're all doc, yeah. Um, one uh, known by its former name of uh, Espresso. Yeah. Uh, and that was the original, is that right? Um, that's right. That's correct. Uh, the first uh, pizzeria um, uh, was called Pizza Espresso. Um, and where was that? That was up in the burbs of uh, Lower Temple, sir. Wow. Mm. See, I didn't even know that. So yeah, how, did that, how did that start? I guess I had, this, um, I had this idea that pizza wasn't being sold uh, the way I thought it could be sold. Um, uh, I guess obviously with the benefit of, uh, of hindsight now, it's, uh, it's quite easy to make that, um, that observation. Uh, but, um, back then I think, uh, we were all pretty, uh, relaxed about pizza. Pizza was just one of those, uh, foods that we, uh, we went to, uh, you know, late at night and, yep. uh, it was the comfort thing on the way back from uh, the clubs. Uh, yep. We've all done it. I've done it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. I don't think we, 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 we concentrated too much on, uh, on what it was we were eating, but, uh, it was more about the, uh, the process of eating and, uh, yeah. just, but just filling the stomachs. Yeah. But, um, I, I guess, uh, back in 97, uh, my, my, my approach was, um, you know, why isn't pizza given the recognition that, uh, you know, some other, uh, you know, uh, important, I guess, food items are given, uh, here in this, uh, yeah. here in Australia. So considered cheap. Uh, a filler, yeah, uh, and, uh, and really not very Italian. I certainly wasn't <laughs> taking it personally, but um, <clears throat> I have grown up with pizza. So where did it all start? Look, um, I was born into it. It's a little bit like the mafia, right, uh, Gary. I was born into it. It wasn't a choice. Um, uh, Dad opened up his, uh, his first pizzeria the very same year that I was born. So uh, literally born into it. Um, uh, so what you year know, was that? That was, uh, <laughs> more scared to say. <laughs> Uh, to say. <laughs> which was? 1969. Uh, you're safe. I'm older than you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, anyway, um, uh, so that was back in 1969 when pizza was, uh, was um, it was a dish that certainly wasn't recognized uh, where dad opened. He opened up uh, virtually the first pizzeria on the Gold Coast. Right. So imagine opening the doors to, um, to, uh, to people and they didn't know what uh, pizza was. In fact, I, uh, I remember seeing um, some old uh, photographs and uh, – and my father had written in the front window an explanation of what pizza was. Uh, nowadays, we kind of take for granted, and I think um, uh, just about every Australian family would be uh, consuming a pizza at least once a week. Yeah. You know, if not, if not, Can you remember what that description was by any chance? Uh, typical Italian dish, you know, it was, uh, something along those lines, a fairly basic wow. explanation. Yeah. You know, uh, cooked in a pan. And uh, so. I grew up with um, these memories of uh, of, uh, of Dad trying to uh, you know flog pizza to people that didn't understand what pizza was. Uh, you know, fast forward um, uh, you know six, seven, eight years when I was at primary school. Of course, um, uh, you know, um, uh, pizza um, slowly began to uh, you know grab a bit of traction, but uh, but it certainly wasn't celebrated. And if anything, um, uh, look, growing up on the Gold Coast as a, as, a, as as an Italian boy was a little bit challenging because uh, uh, there wasn't that thriving uh, European community that we have uh, in uh, in both yeah. Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a very challenging time for me. Um, I do remember uh, quite regularly uh, being teased about the fact that my father used to sell pizza. Okay. So uh, look, uh, you know, if, if I could, uh, if I'd uh, use that phrase again, let's fast forward another uh, forty-eight years, and here we are, and um, uh, you know, now you know we celebrate uh, you know, pizza and celebrate. Uh, all the beautiful things that pizza has done for uh, for, for for me, my family, and uh, and and my immediate community. Yeah, there's that scene out of the Wog Boy, isn't it, where the, I, where he goes to school and he's opened his box and he's got salami and bread and all the, all the 
kids had taken the mickey out of it. Was it was that like that? Because it would have been very white bread I'm up telling, there. I'm telling you, it was real. That's real. That's a real feeling that uh, I wouldn't want um, you know my kids to have to go through. And yeah. uh, my kids have not gone through that. Yeah. Uh, we live in different times and uh, we certainly live in a different city. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the Gold Coast is not like that at the moment. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, uh, being the, uh, the son of a, uh, of a pizzaiolo, <laughs> yeah. back then uh, the Italian son of a pizzaiolo with a, with a very Italian name, uh, was certainly challenging. Yeah. yeah. Were you the only Italian kids at school? I mean, you, um, you the only, you got brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got two siblings, a yeah. younger brother and a younger sister. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit younger. So, um, so you were uh, the first one at I school, was the first Coppinet. One, yeah, Coppinet. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like, I look back on it now and I, I kind of, uh, you know, it, it makes me, um, grimace a little bit, uh, but, uh, I think it certainly gave me the little fire that I've got in the belly. Right. And, uh, when I, when I, when I see people now, um, you know, lining up to buy our pizza. Uh, you go, yes. Uh, have a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of... Uh, There's a bit of payback there, actually. Uh, it's, a okay. little, it's, a, it's a little bit of payback. But um, uh, look, uh, the industry, um, uh, like, uh, I guess, our uh, our tolerance levels for uh, for other cultures has certainly uh, grown in leaps and bounds. Yeah. And uh, now we're at, uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, 50 years into uh, the life of pizza here in, uh, yeah. in, in, in How Australia. How hard was it for your dad? I mean... He would have been an absolute trailblazer at the time. So do you look back, you know, when you can remember it as a little boy, do you look back at it? Obviously, you were getting a bit of it at school, but how was your dad coping with it all? Look, he was, uh, I mean, as 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 all our uh, immigrant parents uh, were and, uh, and some still are, they're just, um, they're, they're, they're made of, uh, you know, of different, um, you know, substance. I think they're yeah. just stronger people. They were, uh, they were, as you said, trailblazers. They, yeah. they're, they're the pioneers. They've, uh, you know, they did a lot of it with their bare hands and, um, uh, and they uh, opened up uh, doors for, uh, you know, uh, many, many, you know, people after them. Yeah. Do you remember any moments, say, coming home from school or, you know, when you were old enough to appreciate how hard he'd worked that were pivotal in your childhood? You know, maybe something that he said to you or how the shop smelt or… Not, um, look, nothing uh, in general, uh, nothing uh, particular. Look, g- generally speaking, I guess um, uh, what I do recall is just this uh, this incredible um, uh, uh, strength uh, that he had um, to, uh, to to tip his energy into, uh, into work and only work. Yeah. You know, it was a different time. Uh, you know, we'd see uh, we'd see Dad uh, on a Monday, uh, on a Monday night when the restaurant was closed, and that was my favourite night of the week. Mm. You know, uh, nowadays um, I look back on that and I look back on those experiences and waiting for Dad to come home. You know, uh, uh, between uh, lunch and dinner, uh, you know, he, he had an hour or so free for us, and mm. uh, you know, I'd look forward to him coming to watch me play soccer and. Uh, was that one hour, you know, that little one hour break that he had that uh, I really grabbed onto, yeah, and um, and that's um, that's had a big, pretty big impact on uh, on me and how uh, you know I I parent and how I run my restaurants. And, yeah, uh, and how long did he have that restaurant for? How, how long did that stay in the family? Because you talked about going back to Italy. That's correct. Yeah, um, we we were there until uh, the early eighties, and uh, and then it was back um, uh, back to Italy. And why was that? What was the trigger? Look. Uh, he was just an immigrant that never really, um, um, never really found his place. Yeah. So he's always looking for that um, uh, that sense of uh, of community that he just struggled to uh, to find. Yeah. Uh, you know, challenging times back then, even in the in the seventies and early eighties. Um, uh, you know, it doesn't seem too far too long ago. But um, you know, what we what we you know, the rich, you know, thriving. Uh, European uh, international community that we are now part of um, certainly didn't exist back then. Yeah. So it was a challenging time for a uh, for someone who had uh, who, who, who who English was uh, his second language, and um, you know uh, the the restaurant was uh, was pretty much the life. Uh, yeah. You know, I think uh, he and Mum were both in search of something uh, something more. Yeah. So they went back to took the whole family. Brothers, uh, sisters, yeah, mum and we, dad. Yeah, we, we all went back and uh, you know, it was the first of four times that we all um, went back to Italy uh, to, uh, to try and, uh, you know, start again. Yeah. So dad kept on going back with the, uh, with the intention of, uh, you know, 
setting up shop again and uh, we did that four times. So what, why four times? Just <laughs> it's, it's just the, it's the many immigrant, immigrants that just don't find their, um, their feet. Often, I, and I'm English, so I, I know this. I came to Australia, fell in love with it, but I know people that come over and go, nah, don't like it, go back, and then realise that they left for a reason and they can't stay there either. So they became, they, neither one's the home. Absolutely. In fact, um, uh, you know, for a, for a long time there, um, what Dad was experiencing was uh, was what I was experiencing. Because um, every time I um, I came back to Australia, I didn't quite quite fit in. You know, uh, well, certainly not in the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah. It was a lot easier in Melbourne when we did eventually um, settle in Melbourne. But um, uh, I didn't quite feel in. I was the uh, the son uh, of an immigrant that um, uh, that struggled to find. Um, um, happiness uh, in the community. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't, it doesn't. It's not all a, a sad story, of course. No, but, but it's uh, important. It's, it's really important setting the tone because we know how successful you are now. So I think yeah. it's important setting the tone for where it sent you. So you know what I mean? Absolutely. So dad, um, dad went back uh, with the uh, the idea. I think he had these uh, these fond childhood memories. Uh, you know, now he went back with uh, money in his pocket. He built a home from Australia and. Uh, sent money back to Italy and built a, a family home for his mm. parents and, uh, you know, sorted out the family that way and, uh, and it was a home that we would uh, later live in for quite some time. Um, but uh, once there, uh, I think he, uh, he realised that um, even being in business, um, you know, the challenges of, uh, of, of business in, in Italy and the challenges of, uh, of uh, living in a small town. We were uh, in a small town not too far from uh, quite a large city but Nonetheless, it was a small town and, uh, you know, um, I think uh, he was looking for more. Yeah. What was the name of that small town? Torrevecchia Teatina, just and in the province of Chieti. So okay. we're talking, uh, you know, Abruzzo, the region of Abruzzo, Pescara Beach, uh, you know, literally 170 uh, kilometres east of Rome. Okay. So directly east. So you find yourself back there. How did you feel as, I suppose, what are you now? You are, you're a young Australian in their eyes or in the local community's eyes or you an Italian in the local community's eyes? Oh, no, I'm an Australian. In the, in the, in, absolutely. I'm an Australian um, uh, in the community's eyes. <laughs> back in Italy. This yeah, is, back yeah. in Italy, of course. Uh, no, no, I'm not, I will never be, um, uh, you know, once you leave, and I think even my father, after having spent so many years uh, abroad, I mean, once you leave, you're, uh, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're a, a foreigner. foreigner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you left, you know, yeah. how could you leave us here? Yeah. So backwards and forwards. So back, Backwards and forwards and, um, you know, and... Uh, and it was uh, it was challenging, challenging for for for, for our siblings. Um, obviously, you know, having to change schools so many times. We then eventually settled back in Victoria. Um, uh, that was um, back in my um, uh, mid-teens, um, uh, and we were here for a couple of years before um, before the family once again decided uh, late teens that we're heading back to uh, to Europe. Were you excited this time? I was excited, but I was a little bit more. Um, um, uh, I was doubtful. I was, uh, you know, late teens, uh, I'd already started uh, uni and I was doubtful of uh, the success of this last uh, attempt. Uh, okay. But uh, having said that, um, dad opened up a pizzeria uh, and that, you know, we, I think he was in business there for about eight years before deciding to come back to Australia Yeah, back in 97. And that was the very same year that uh, alongside dad uh, with his uh, assistants and, uh, and a best friend, uh, I opened up my first pizzeria. Wow. So when you say it's in the family, there was no choice. Now you've explained it. Yeah. I totally get it. Like there was absolutely no choice for you to. Oh, but let me tell you that uh, when I was in my teens, this was, uh, it was the last thing this you was wanted the to last do. thing that I was, uh, you know, I mean, right through. I mean, I've, I've been a waiter since I was knee high to, yeah. you know, and the last thing I was going to do was, uh, no, because. Uh, Follow that, your dad's footsteps. Well, there were, there are some reasons behind that. Uh, it's because, um, uh, you know, as a child, I just, I just don't remember dad. Yeah. He just wasn't present, you know. We'd really look forward to those, uh, you know, those Sunday family lunches when, uh, you know, occasionally Dad could, uh, you know, slip away. But, mm. uh, you know, it was the Monday night that we all loved because we knew we were going out for dinner and, uh, and Dad was going to be present, yeah. you know. But uh, just that, 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 that distance um, uh, from, from uh, I guess, Dad and, uh, and Mum having to do it all on, on her own is, uh, is what um, uh, I guess I, I, I hold very closely. Yeah. So what were you going to do? So you said you went to uni and did a bachelor in marketing, did you say? Yes, that's correct. So what uh, look, was the uh, idea? I, no, no, nothing really. I, was, I think I was um, 
uh, design was always a passion. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think I got the results, uh, the marks to, uh, to get into architecture at the time. So uh, it was marketing was the next, <laughs> next choice. And, uh, and uh, look, I had no, no firm plans. I, um, uh, you know, uh, became a flight attendant for quite some time and uh, while still working uh, in restaurants, uh, you know, so I was sort of, you know, dabbling in, the, in, a, in a few things. Um, yeah. um, but I'd, I'd never left the restaurant scene. So, uh, okay. you know, I worked with, um, with uh, incredible, uh, you know, people uh, such as, uh, you know, uh, the Distasios and, um, uh, and, and, you know, people that, um, people that I used to look up to uh, that I knew would, were making a difference in the yeah. industry. So I was just investing, I guess, in myself, but I always knew I was going to you know, be my own business. So I didn't really know what it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be a pizzeria. So what was the turning point? What was the catalyst that you went, Okay, because you're up against it. If, you, if you're looking at not turning into your dad and mm. being there for your family in the future, yeah. then making that step is, you, you've got to have some certainty that you're going to do it differently. Well, that's, uh, that's what the, the motivation was. I thought, uh, you know, I, I knew that, um, see, I, whilst I say that I never wanted to go into the industry, um, it was certainly an industry that, uh, that, that gave, um, my family quite a lot, you know, it's, it's lifestyle, it's, uh, the ability to, 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 to eat and, um, and drink beautiful wine. It's, um, it was an industry that gave so much, uh, recognition, uh, you know, it gave you a connection to community. Um, so I, I, I could see what my father enjoyed about the industry. I just needed to do it differently. That's what was the, uh, the catalyst for me getting into business, you know. I mean, nowadays we read about people that, uh, you know, operate turnkey, you know, uh, restaurants. Um, uh, not that I necessarily agree with them. But mm. um, back then, uh, 20 years ago, I was thinking maybe, maybe I can open a restaurant, but I don't need to be there six nights a week. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to, you know, be there, uh, you know, 100 hours a week, you know, time away from the family. Is, is, there, is there a slightly different approach? Uh, and what could it be? And, um, uh, you know, obviously, uh, pizza was what I knew. I, uh, I thought pizza was, um, evolving. Um, I knew that there was a different pizza on offer in Italy compared to Melbourne. And obviously with my exposure to what was happening in Italy, I thought, uh, well, why don't we, um, uh, why don't we open up a pizzeria and we, uh, we do something, um, a little different for, 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 for our, uh, little part of the industry uh, for, for, for pizza. Let's, um, let's, op- let's operate, um, uh, nighttime only. Let's operate with only pizzas, so you know we avoid the uh, the, the issues and the stresses of uh, of uh, you know dealing with a whole kitchen and yep. a whole cool room. Yeah, uh, and uh, and let's do it you know the Italian style. So um, uh, you know here here I was you know some uh, you know thirty years after Dad opened up his first, um, revisiting um, what he introduced. So he introduced pizza to, you know, the Gold Coast. And here I was, you know, 30 years later, revisiting that very same product and saying, um, uh, I think it needs to be um, re-energized. It okay. needs a facelift. Because uh, I, I suppose up to that point, and it's really, people forget that it's only really in recent years that we finally understood, and not the whole of Australia, we're just, I'm talking about kind of metropolitan Australia, yeah. what pizza's all about. Yeah. So did you have an idea of what was going to be this delicious kind of start to what made yours different, your pizza different? Because it would have been dominated by Pizza Hut, by Eagle Boys, by everybody else just doing mass market, kind of even the Italian community, doing uh, really quite average pizza, right? Oh, uh, look. Um, uh, I, or am I, I being I, cruel? No, you're not being cruel. And I, and I, and I wouldn't say, um, I would call it average pizza. It was pizza that, um, that uh, you know, that hit the spot for the times. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, uh, when I think of uh, Ligon Street and when I first landed in Ligon Street uh, 15 years or so, also ago, um, uh, you know, there was pizza there that, um, uh, that, that, you know, that, I mean, there are still some pizzerias there that are, um, uh, that, that, that are very, very successful and, uh, you know, they're doing wonderful things and they, you know, they hit the spot, you know, it all depends on, um, I guess on, on who your market is, you know, and, uh, I, I knew that I wanted to do it something slightly differently. Yeah, and, and I'm not here to you know to say that it's a, it's, a, it's a certainly a better approach or or, or not, but um, I knew that there was a different approach. I knew that pizza was uh, was not given the respect that I think it it deserved, 
it, you know, obviously being born as, as a street food to fill the, to fill the stomach, yep. uh, you know, um, and you, 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 I know you're very familiar with it. You've, um, you've consumed quite a bit of the Neapolitan style <laughs> pizza, but, uh, you know, I, I thought pizza was more than just, you know, the street food that needs to fill the stomach. So here we are, um, uh, you know, and, uh, in 90, 1997, when the first pizzeria was opened, um, uh, the approach was slightly different to dad's approach. Um, nonetheless, I had similar challenges because uh, here I was trying to flog a, a very thin uh, style pizza um, with a long, um, uh, you know, levitation process and, uh, and with very few ingredients on it. So, you know, how was I going to flog that to people yeah. in Lower Temples though? And <laughs> that was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so can you remember... Because I've heard, I've heard George talk about this in the Greek community, yeah. you know, how the, all the Greeks would come in and see what kind of food yeah. he was doing. So when you flung the doors open on the first night and people came in and ate your pizza, can you remember what they said? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember in the first uh, week or so, and uh, I shouldn't say this, I'm a grown man, but uh, one night I actually went home in tears. And this is, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a 27, 28-year-old uh, man, um, that's obviously a, a challenge for, for my girlfriend at the time to, 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 to see or to witness. But um, I remember a lady coming in to buy some pizza. She bought four or five takeaway pizzas and, uh, and came back, um, you know, 15 minutes or so after picking them up and said, uh, you can have your pizzas back. And I said, sorry, what's happened? Have we made a mistake? She said, no, I just, they're, they're too thin. They've got no ingredients on them and they're too expensive. I, uh, I want my money back, you know, and uh, I was perplexed, you know, and, you know, having grown up with exceptional customer service and, uh, yeah. you know, and okay, uh, well, you know, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, this is a particular style of pizza and, uh, and um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they are made like this purposely and look, I know this is a little bit different to, uh, to, to the place across the road at the time, um, uh, but, uh, you know, Hopefully you'll uh, give us another chance, another try, uh, sometime. You know, I I do suggest though uh, for the future that maybe you come and eat the pizza on the premises. So I was I was challenged by the fact that I had to put a pizza into a box. Yeah. So that was my uh, that was my uh, my first week uh, of opening uh, this little pizzeria, and uh, and I tipped all my uh, you know my life savings into it. Not that there were many. <laughs> yeah. I think I opened up the, uh, the pizza place with $42,000. Well done. Credit card good. maxed out and uh, <laughs> sold the car and uh, there you go. And um, that was the uh, the first experience that so I had. Everything you put into it. So essentially, it's a bit like your dad putting that description of what Italian pizza was yeah. on and the that, front of his pizzeria on the Gold Coast. That was you, the, You're back there 30 years later. And uh, with a similar with a similar dilemma. Because yeah. um, uh, you know it wasn't the standard pizza that people were uh, had grown accustomed to here in, in Melbourne. Yeah, it was uh, a very different take on pizza. It was wood fired. Um, uh, it was very thin, uh, bare ingredient. You know, it's very sparse with ingredients. Uh, yeah, uh, the ingredients were there, of course, but uh, and uh, and they were uh, ingredients that we we we, we um, I'd say were higher quality ingredients. Yeah. So this is when we uh, we started to explore. So that's your philosophy. So what, what, when you think of what a great pizza is, describe that. Well what, uh, well, what I think is a great pizza now is different to what it was 20 okay. years ago. So, you know, I mean, uh, here we are now another 20 years later. And once again, there's another reset taking place in pizza. You know, uh, and you would, have, you would have noticed it yourself, Gary. I mean, um, there's, a, um, there's, there's a huge resurgence in my industry at the moment. Uh, over the last four or five years, you know, if I could go back uh, 10 years ago, uh, you know, um, uh, I, had a, uh, I had several um, <clears throat> friends of mine in the industry, colleagues um, um, that um, I guess have, um, uh, were doing similar things to me. Um, but in recent times, in the last four to five years, there's just been a, a huge um, uh, influx into the market uh, with people doing similar, similar things. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, I guess people have, the, the market has grown. The, the thirst for, for, for exceptional pizza has grown so much so that now, you know, every area can sustain, you know, a contemporary style pizzeria. Yeah. And you know, I can maybe sustain more than one. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, 
out in the burbs. It's, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. You know, so what was very uh, precious 20 years ago and maybe even so 10 years ago, you know, I could go, I could count on one hand, you know, the Rita McCarley's and the Pietro Babagallas and, um, you know, the, uh, the Tony um, uh, Canatas from Woodstock. You know, there was, there was half a dozen of us making, yeah. making this exceptional style pizza. But um, here we are, and I, uh, you know, 2017, and there's, uh, you know, we've got, you've got a half dozen great pizzerias in, uh, you know, within, uh, within a two kilometre radius. Yeah. So the industry has certainly grown. So what's the, the evolution in the last 20? So from that first pizza shop and what you considered to be exceptional pizza. I mean, you've described to me thin base, a long maturation in terms of that dough. Yep. And a few ingredients. And you don't, when you say, do you mean sparse or do you mean selected ingredients? Did you do that typical, I'm only going to put two or three different ingredients on a pizza? Well, obviously. Make it very Italian. Look, it starts with, um, uh, it starts with your, your foundation. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a, a thinner style pizza, obviously it can't support a large amount of ingredients and it shouldn't support a large, large amount of ingredients. Number one, obviously you want to give, um, you want to give importance to ingredients. So, you know, if I uh, am delivered uh, by my uh, fruit and vegetable man a beautiful box of zucchini flowers, well, I want to make the zucchini flowers the, the hero of, of, uh, of their pizza, you know, and what would I add to that? Well, maybe just a little bit of anchovy and maybe a little bit of buffalo mozzarella. Yeah. And, and three ingredients, but, you know. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, I mean, you know what's it. weird is my mouth starts watering. And I know you just, <laughs> it's just because I'm, I'm like that, but all of a sudden I start going, yum, I can picture it. Well, these are, this is this was very much the thought twenty years ago. Now yeah. here we are, twenty years later, and um, whilst I, you know my, my, my thoughts are not too dissimilar, but nowadays it's um, attention is given to, um, to to the quality of flour, you know, mm. is given to you know longer maturation uh, of your your pizza dough. It is given to uh, to tomatoes and where the tomatoes are coming from. Once upon a time, you know, uh, Italian peeled tomatoes were, uh, were were good enough. You know, yeah. nowadays, uh, you know, I want a particular, I want an organic tomato that comes from the region of Puglia that is, uh, you know, you know, uh, sold to me in a glass jar, not necessarily in a tin. So, you know, everything's, you know, the um, uh, our, the pizza dough that I'm presently making is a dough made with a stone ground flour. So we're, we're so it's next level. We we are going next level, and the next level is um, uh, you know it's um, what I call contemporary pizza. So it's 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 respect for tradi- tradition, but it's um, uh, it's a, a, an incredible respect for ingredients, uh, much like yourself. Yeah. So you know, chefs have been uh, touted, uh, you know, and, and well done for for this, uh, you know, for for giving immense respect to um, to ingredients. Uh, that's just something that the pizza chef has not, uh, not in previous years has done. You know, it's, uh, nowadays a pizza chef will travel for an exceptional ingredient. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I can't wait for my truffles to arrive from Alba, you know, in November because I'll use those truffles on a pizza. Yeah. Uh, you know, so these are the things that we are now doing. We are now embracing techniques, uh, and ingredients uh, that, um, uh, that, you know, highly qualified chefs like yourself are embracing. This is A Plate to Call Home, and I'm Gary Megan. After the break, we find out about the experience of dining at one of Tony's restaurants and why he feels keeping it authentic, and I mean Italian authentic, is so important. Stay with us. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we, we've always looked at, and this has been the growth in the food industries, we've always looked at places like Italy and gone, well, that's where it's all happening. And everything that's Italian obviously has to be better than what we have here. And you import a lot of ingredients, right? How are you finding? Do you do you still import a lot? You do. Do you, Look, do you are you trying to bring Australian producers in it, or is it still hard to find exactly the ingredient you want? Because we've got a long way to go, right? Look, we've got a long way to go, but let me say that um, things have been improving locally, uh, big time, big time. And I think it's because the uh, the, the customers uh, more educated. You know, we're more educated as restaurateurs. Um, uh, I think we uh, we are developing strong relationships with our with our providers, with our um, suppliers, with our um, you know fruit and vegetable growers, with our um, salumi um, uh, makers. Yeah. Um, as you know, we can only import prosciutto, which is the uh, the cured uh, ham from from Italy. So that means we need to rely on our local uh, small good producers. Um, buffalo mozzarella, um, uh, obviously, um, you know. Um, we import it, but uh, you know we would need to air freight it 
And, yeah, uh, and we've right. done that for quite some time, but that's a challenge and there's a, a huge cost involved. Yeah. So we're turning to um, some local uh, producers and there have been uh, several that come to mind in recent years that, um, uh, and once again, this 20 years ago was not, yeah, you know, couldn't what, get it. You couldn't get it. You know? yeah. So here we are, you know, that with pizza, you know, there's a lot of other little industries that are supporting pizza that are growing as well. Um, so now there's beautiful fresh mozzarella producers. Yeah. And where are you getting those from? You can drop names. You can, because we'd love, to, you know, because the difficulty is mm. that we, you know, you go to Italy, you have buffalo mozzarella and they're talking about not just buffalo mozzarella, but where it's from and what cows they are. I mean, I've been to a place where they're showing you the picture of the cow, yeah, you know, yeah. and oh, so yeah. excited about it and showing you that when you cut it and you squeeze it, that it, you know, that the milk, you yeah, know, yeah. Cu- you know, oh, beads you know, I off mean, the surface of the, the mozzarella. I mean, with every wheel of parmesan, um, uh, there's there's a story. You know, there's um, there's a family behind every wheel of parmesan. So you can track you can track back to the cow and the, you know uh, and the farm, of course, where that you know that produced the milk that went into that parmesan. Yeah. So you know, I've, I've visited many uh, many producers in Italy. So the the incredible attention that's given to uh, to ingredients in Italy is now, you know, being given to 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 ingredients here in uh, in Australia as well. Yeah. And I touched on those uh, producers. There are some producers here doing uh, exceptional things. Yeah. Uh, have we got a way to go? Yeah, I think we've got a way to go. But, uh, you know, um, I can't imagine us producing, ever producing, um, uh, you know, an exceptional prosciutto the way, uh, you know, you would produce a prosciutto in Parma or San Daniele. Yeah. Purely because of climatic conditions yeah. and, um, uh, you, know, um, you know, the land, it's uh, different. Yeah. There, I mean, but, but I, I am very, very uh, aware of the... Um, of the uh, the challenges moving forward, with um, uh, with dealing with um, uh, you know imported product, uh, and therefore we need to support where possible, um, you know, our locals, yeah, uh, so that they can improve and uh, they can provide us with um, you yeah. know the the quality of ingredient that. And uh, I think you'd required. always expect. I mean, it, it's often people get confused when you talk about sustainability and provenance. It's really hard in Australia. It's not like Europe, where the topography and the climate changes within a couple of hundred kilometres. Yeah. Here in Australia, you can travel for two hundred kilometres, and they're growing exactly the same thing. You know, big flat open land. It's very different, and it also makes bringing stuff from Italy that little extra bit special i personally like to represent small families so yep. uh, where possible i'd, I'd much pre- prefer to um to do business with a, a small family and represent them and their um and their history and uh, you know and, mm. and support them where possible yeah you know it's uh it's hard to avoid big business sometimes but yeah. uh you know where possible we like to support the um the small uh, artisanal producer how many kids have you got you could... i've got two girls two girls yeah. how old are they now they're 16 and 14 so when they go back to italy how do they feel about it oh look they're um uh, they're proud they're uh you know they're um they ask questions they're mm. uh they're proud of um not only their culture um they're proud of the fact that they live in australia and mm. uh, you know uh they're proud of the fact that uh you, they belong to a community that is um uh, that is very multicultural um but um you know th- their surname now is no longer uh, a surname that uh, you know they needed to hide. Yeah, they're they they're, they're proud to, to 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 wear that. You know that to to, to own that. You know, which is uh, certainly very different. It's 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 very rewarding to watch my girls yeah. grow. Well, it was hard work. It took your dad. It took you. Yeah, and then yeah. you know th- it's essentially third generation. Isn't it, it is it, third generation. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's not it's, hard work. Well, you know, this is the legacy that uh, I guess uh, dad sort of began to uh, to to build, and uh, I. I I'm happy that uh, I have the opportunity to to to, to pass on this uh, this world. Yeah, you know, um, uh, hopefully uh, the girls, uh, you know, follow in uh, in the footsteps. You know, no, no pressure, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't do what your dad did. Okay. I was trying to remember whether it was you that told me this story or whether I've just got confused over the years. But I'd, was it you that told me that you remember dropping your kids off to school in your pizza van or something? Was that you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just thought it was a beautiful story. I love the idea of you rocking up in this little pizza van. Don't even know what it looked like, but I have this idea of what it was uh, in front of a private school, dropping st- your kids off. Gary, I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I, st- I still do it. 
And, you know, once upon a time, people would be pointing the, uh, the finger, you know, there's Wog Boy, you know, there's, yeah. uh, there's Pizza Boy, you know, there's uh, Dough Boy, they used to call me at, uh, when I worked at an airline. <laughs> um, uh, everything, you know. Um, but nowadays, uh, yeah, it's, it's true, but, uh, you know, now pe- people are, now they elbow each other and say, this is the, that's that guy that's, that's got Doc. the bloke from Doc, or, you know, there's yeah. the, you know, so things are, are different, you know. Yeah. It's, um, so you uh, can, your girls are not getting out going, Dad, just drop me around the corner. Yeah, I know. Look, they're not, look. They're not they, happy about it, are they? they? No, no, they're still embarrassed. Just, just I'm not allowed back. to walk my daughter down the road. I can drop her. I can walk her up to a certain road, but I have to let her go. Oh, fair enough. Mate. So I'm, maybe it's I'm, not the pizza I'm, van. I'm, it's just I'm you. I'm not allowed to kiss in front of the school. So yeah. No. So it's just dad. It's not yeah. the pizza van. They don't really mind. Oh, uh, look, I'm not too sure, but I'm sure that uh, the pizza van might have something to do with it. <laughs> I do love. I do love that story though. How does your is your dad still around? No, unfortunately, we lost okay. dad uh, two or three years ago. And so, but he saw your success. Yes, he did, and uh, he was very proud. Yeah. And, um, and uh, did he ever tell you off? You know about absolutely, absolutely. I don't know, be pizza recipe, pizza dough, what you were doing. <laughs> Look, you know what he told me off about? He told me off about um, big business. Mm. So uh, he never quite understood why I wanted to 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 to, to run anything more than one restaurant. You know, so that's one thing he didn't. So what did he tell you? What was the from you know his just point of view? how can you do that? How can you trust people? How can you be in multiple places at the same time? You know, why do you want those problems? Why do you want those issues? You're looking for trouble. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the usual Italian sort of thing. I think it's the parent uh, parental guidance uh, gone mad. But um, look, to a certain extent, I guess uh, I kind of proved him wrong. Um, but you know, the, the, nowadays I think it is challenging and, uh, to be in, uh, in business yeah. and, uh, and particularly with multiple venues and, you know, more than I, um, you know, the, the, the perils that go with, uh, with, yeah. with, with big business Absolutely. and, uh, and nowadays I think there's been a, um, uh, this is where, you know, everything's going through a bit of a reset. The industry's going through a little bit of a reset, you know, let's go back four or five years and, uh, you know, it was all guns blazing. You know, we had, um, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry investing in the industry and uh, and propping up, you know, companies that not might not might not have necessarily um, made money in our industry, but so money's coming coming into the industry from other industries, and all of a sudden, you know, we're putting we're putting out of business, you know, little you know family restaurants that we've been there for many years, and now because you know the big polished operation with the uh, you know the the incredible super farm behind them have yeah. opened up and. Uh, so the industry went through a little bit of a change, I think, uh, four or five years ago. And I think we are now coming through that and we're, uh, we're going back to, um, I think we are going back to the celebration that it should be and that is, um, you know, organic, what I call organic restaurant touring. People yeah. that, that are really passionate about the industry and they don't see the industry as a, uh, as a, as a quick, um, um, you know, train to making money. Yeah, that's really a really important viewpoint and i think you're absolutely right and you, you need, it's driven by passionate people always has been and it's a very different thing when it's not yeah, but it, uh you know on on the sidelines though it looks pretty romantic and pretty easy of course it does uh, everyone wants to run a little espresso bar and um you know and and how hard can it be tony <laughs> yeah but don't you feel that i mean obviously as a businessman i look every time a little place opens up i go oh you know i feel and i want it to succeed yeah, so you know I. because it's someone like you started out yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you're back there in templestowe and that lady brings you those boxes of pizzas back yeah. you know they're they're feeling the same way in many ways yeah right? so, I look uh, i i applaud them i mean i i'm going through uh, you know we haven't touched on it yet but um because uh, it's a little bit of a shady to- topic at the moment, but I'm happy to talk about it. Um, uh, is I employ a lot of Italians. Yeah, it's been a, a topic of hot conversation recently, um, and uh, certainly a, a controversial topic, uh, particularly if we uh, start talking about four five sevens. Yeah, and, um, which are the visas that you yeah. require to bring a skilled person into Australia? That's correct. So, I sponsored I think my first um, my first Italian chef oh, about 17 years ago now. 18 years ago, maybe. So I've been sponsoring um, chefs for quite some time um, uh, and, uh, and front of house uh, managers. Obviously, with the expansion, uh, there was a requirement for, um, for skilled uh, front of house. Um, uh, so I sponsored uh, um, some managers as well. Um, and we've got a team now of, um, you know, well in excess of 100-odd uh, people. Um, uh, of course, we employ uh, locals as well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was 18 years since I sponsored my first. So, 
these Italians that I sponsored have been um, introduced into uh, the community and uh, and obviously um, uh, with the intention that you know, when, he, when, he, when a kid um, comes out here with uh, you know um, with this uh, with this dream his, his dream is to um, um, is to settle and uh, and find uh, you know a warm embracing you know uh, community yeah and uh, and for me I, I, I I'm I'm very proud to be a part of that that journey yeah. uh, for that um, for that uh, team member. But you know, these these the, the, these are kids that um, that that want want uh, to be a part. They they're not here. Just uh, it's not. I don't employ. I mean, my, my my company policy is not to employ people that are just fly by nighters that are yeah. just here on a on a quick uh, you know um, uh, holiday. My my view is to where possible um, uh, sponsor people that um, uh, that want to grow in hospitality. That come from hospitality. That yep. have training in hospitality. Uh, that understand the art of hospitality, um, uh, and uh, and are looking for um, uh, you know the the chance to 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 to, to set up shop uh, yeah. here in Australia. And it's also an important part of your brand and how people perceive your business, isn't it? I mean, it, people walk in and go, "It's an Italian restaurant. It'd be nice to be served by." Look, some Italian you know, stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that anymore, <laughs> but uh, I think so. Uh, you know, I'd be uh, I'd be disappointed uh, if I walked into an authentic Ethiopian restaurant and uh, I was served by um, uh, you know um, uh, an Italian. Yeah, it'd I'd, be weird. I'd, I'd, I'd almost be disappointed. Yeah, but you know, uh, obviously we live in a uh, we live in Australia and uh, we need to embrace uh, you know um, the community and we need to work with community. Uh, so, you know, I find it equally rewarding to also train locals. Yeah. Is that why, is that why you find it controversial? Um, yeah. Is Look, it, it, because it's, you know, what's interesting is that we, I think the whole hospitality industry, um, sees how important it is to bring in new skills. I mean, part of hospitality worldwide is the fact that we're importing and exporting skills. That's what we do. And I think it's very difficult for other industries to see that that's an important part of how we work and how important it is for the growth of our industry. I mean, the the boom in great restaurants all around Australia is born out of that oh, uh, exchange and how, of skills. How how well is our industry doing? I mean, yeah, it, 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 brilliantly it's, well. It's, but it's getting harder to bring people in, isn't it? It's getting harder to... And, it's, and I, apparently it's going to become harder again. Really hard. Because you're ex- essentially bringing someone in on a 457. Um, you're trying to prove uh, their value. You're trying to prove that you can't find that local skill on the market, which you get. Um, but actually, actually, those classifications are really old. I think still, if you look at a restaurant manager, I think they were... When that was classified, it was about 1980-something. And it, and it deems that a restaurant manager only needs about five years' experience. Whereas you and I would know that that is a recipe for disaster. I'd say that my restaurant manager would need 15 years experience. To work with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It's, uh, it's, um, it, it, a lot of these classifications are outdated and I think they're, they're responses to lots of other things that are going on and not specifically to do with our industry, for example. I, I, I agree. Obviously, the government's got to be seen to be, um, uh, to be acting uh, in the best interests of, uh, of uh, you know, the local work, workforce. Yeah. Uh, you know, internationally, uh, we've got people making a lot of noise. Um, you know, um, I think the wrong noise, obviously. Um, uh, there will be a, um, uh, uh, some changes implemented, no yeah. doubt. Um, uh, but I, I'd like to see that common sense will, will prevail. Yeah. And uh, there will be a softening of these, uh, you know, these uh, these so-called um, uh, new um, new laws that uh, are being uh, tabled at the moment. I believe in Parliament. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think they need to um, they need to uh, to relax this um, uh, this, um, this 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 heavy-handed uh, approach because the industry is going to going to suffer. So how do we connect the dots from that first dock in Templestowe? You going home in tears? That lady bringing those blooming pizzas back and saying she wasn't happy. How do we then connect it to the to the dock that you have now? Okay, a lot of uh, a lot of quiet weeks, a lot of uh, a lot of you know what am I doing? Uh, you know, I'm in Lower Temple, so I was living in Carlton at the time. I was <laughs> driving out to Lower Temple, so falling asleep on that Eastern Freeway. Uh, you know, leaving a little uh, little child at home uh, with my wife and and thinking, uh, what have I done? I'm slowly, uh, slowly, slowly, you know, the word. 
started, um, uh, you know, this is uh, late 90s, the word started to travel and all of a sudden I had, um, I gained um, um, a little bit of a following. I, it was quite a, quite a, a strong, influential following. So, you know, I had, uh, you know, people, um, senior members of the Italian community uh, visiting. Um, then I had one of your good mates visit. Who's that? Matt Preston. Ah, he used to like reviewing restaurants out in the suburbs. Yeah, back then. Uh, I think that was his job specifically. Yes, yeah. back then it was. Uh, this was around about, uh, you know, uh, 2001. Yeah, he'd, uh, he used to come up quite regularly. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, 2002, I think, um, uh, was one of the first, you know, the best pizza in Melbourne um, awards came out and uh, the Cheap Eats Guide and, uh, and, and Pizza Espresso. My, my first pizzeria was awarded, you know, the best, best pizza. You know, it was a uh, it was a very uh, emotional time. Obviously, a very rewarding time. But it was for me. It was uh, I certainly never looked at it as uh, oh great. You know, now we can make some ends meet. It was more. Um, uh, it was more a, a beautiful pat on the back to say you know you 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 are heading in the right direction. And this is what it was all for. But uh, it was a it was more about acceptance and uh, you know finally someone's acknowledged you know the the, the hard work is in that best pizza. Um, uh, it wasn't, you know, I, I was the, um, uh, I was the, uh, the carrier, but in that was uh, a story of, uh, you know, immigration. There was a, um, uh, there was a story of a real story of struggle. Uh, you know, um, you know, I could just imagine how many times, you know, dad never spoke about it too much, but how many times he would have been called wog and how many mm. times he would have been told to go back home, mm. you know? So in that, in that acknowledgement, and it was, a a serious acknowledgement uh, by the age. Um, uh, I found a lot of um, a lot of emotion, yeah. <clears throat> and that led to um, you know we uh, the the editor uh, the current editor of the Good Food Guide, Rosalind Grundy, with her family was a good client of ours, and you know there were some other beautiful raps, and uh, you know before I knew it, uh, Gourmet Traveller, and mm. you know, and it just sort of sky skyrocketed yeah. from there. But I I knew that that uh, Lowell Templestowe, whilst I enjoyed the, um, the time there, we had uh, almost eight years there, that I needed to be a part of a thriving Italian community. Mm. I needed to be where Little Italy was because I had this dream to, to, to reset what the community thought about um, our community. Yeah. So I needed to reset... Uh, people's view of, uh, you know, it wasn't just, you know, these, um, it wasn't just old Lambrusco bottles and checkered tablecloths. You know, there was so much more to it. And hence the move to uh, Carlton 15 years ago, yeah. you know, 14 and a half years ago now. And that's where the uh, the second espresso uh, opened up and then, uh, you know, the expansion started there. Yeah. So moving into an established Italian community, you got to you got to tell me that Oh, it man. was a challenge. Man, it was a challenge. Right? I'll tell you exactly what, were they what telling, I did. What were they talking about? You, well, how were they approaching your pizza? Because well, because I remember going to Ligon Street when I first came to Australia in 91 and going, really? This is like uh, the best pizza, the best Italian. And, you know, it was. It was all Chianti bottles with melted candles and, you know, Ciao Bella and that was pretty much it. And I don't think I – I've never been a regular visitor to Ligon Street other than go to a couple of places and – Yours would be one of them. Look, um, uh, uh, yes, in amongst those, though, there uh, there were a few people doing some nice things. Yeah. So, you know, you have Tiamo, you had, uh, you know, uh, Brunetti. Um, uh, Which was one of the other ones, you see, you know, that so I would there, there, go there, to. there were some, some, some people doing some, some beautiful things, university, uh, cafe, uh, Donini's, uh, you know. So what I did was to gain, first of all, to gain a little bit of acceptance there, I went to the two Giancarlos. So Giancarlo Giusti. Mm -hmm. who is the founder of uh, Grinders Coffee, mm -hmm. and he was a, fa a friend of my father's. So I, I said to him, uh, Giancarlo, this is my plan. I want to open up a little espresso bar. I want to open up a little pizzeria, and, you know, we'll see mm. what happens after that. What do you think? So it wasn't exactly the, uh, the, the, the confidence boost that I was looking for. I did the similar thing with Giancarlo from University Cafe, who's, yeah. you know, he's been on the street for, you know, 40 odd years. You, know, you can't go into the street and just open up and a just do your without, thing. Yeah you, you, yeah, you need to do it respectfully. Uh, and likewise, I had a similar conversation with Tiberio Donini. You know, just, just to, 
because I knew these people. I had respect for these people. These people are people that, um, you know, I, uh, um, I wish I could be like, you know, people that have been in the industry for so long, have been in the, in the same street for, you know, 40 years, have passed it down to their kids. You know, it's, it's the sort of thing that I dreamt of. Mm. So I thought I'd better gain acceptance with these boys first before I go anywhere. And, uh, you know, whether or not uh, they secretly accepted it or not, I opened. Uh, but at least I, we had the conversation. Yeah. And it was, it was respectful. And, uh, and, and the challenges were, uh, were, were, were also obviously uh, plentiful because uh, that style of pizza wasn't really on offer in Carlton. So, you know, how was I going to open up a pizzeria in the middle of 100 other pizzerias? And how was I going to do things differently? But once again, a little reset and, you know, these little resets happen every five years or so mm. and uh, we're going through one at the moment. Does anybody come to you respectfully now on the street and say, <laughs> no, I'm no, going to... Those, 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 those days are over, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when it happens. Can you no, give me a call actually, and say, Gaz, uh, it just happened. It's, it's wild, and you can mate. go, no, <laughs> You want to open up another one? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been lovely to talk to you, but one more question. I think we've avoided it all the way through, but what does DOC stand for? <laughs> Dickheads have come. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? No, it's not true. That obviously, obviously, that's not going to be uh, recorded. Um, well, we uh, could leave it in there. It's entirely up to <laughs> no, you. No, Dickheads have come. As long as you name them. <laughs> yes, well, I'm one of them. <laughs> um, what does it stand for? Uh well, look, it's, um, I've used it as a bit of a play on words and uh, I certainly don't want any uh, representatives of the Italian government listening to this because I quite don't understand how I was able to achieve a trademark on this, but uh, Denominazione di Origine Controllata, which is essentially a den denomination of controlled origin. It's a set of standards put in place by the Italian government that, uh, to oversee the uh, production of uh, food and wine. That's pretty much what it is. DOC, when something is DOC, it's also, um, uh, it's, once again, it's a bit of a play on words. It's, it's of exceptional quality. So, you know, often, you know, we'll, um, you know, uh, an attractive girl could be DOC. Mm. You know, she's, 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 she's you know, um, a Neapolitan DOC. She's a real Neapolitan. She comes from that area and she's attractive, you know. Yeah. You know, um, uh, a plate of pasta could be a, a veramente doc. You know, it's really real. It's 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 regional. It's traditional. It's of quality. Yeah. Um, uh, but don't be you know, please don't be fooled. You know, DOC uh, doesn't necessarily um, mean uh, the best quality. You know, it's uh, it's also um, uh, it's generally uh, it's a good start. Yeah. It's it's it 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 should give you the comfort to choose it. Yeah, stamp of approval. It's a bit like that. Pat on the back. It's like that. Uh, very similar. First review. You know what? It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks, I'll see you at one of the restaurants very soon. Or maybe not because, you know, you should have a bit of time at home with the family. Okay. And I don't have to ring you every time I go to the restaurant. Trust no, me, no. Because it's I'd, always I'd, you know, delicious. Look, as I said, I'd, I'd, not because I want to roll at the red carpet, but, you know, I just like to, <laughs> to, 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 I'd like to know who's visiting. <laughs> Traditional Italian hospitality. Thank you, Tony Nicolini. Good man. Thank you, Gary. That's it. Here are my tips and tricks for pizza. Keep it simple. Three or four ingredients, that's all you need. And make sure the ingredients you use, because you're going to use them a little bit more sparsely, are absolutely beautiful. So instead of a cheap, already grated pizza cheese, which is going to taste pretty average, buy a provolone, or even better, an aged provolone that's delicious just on its own. The other thing too is that on those commercial pizzas, all the cheese is sprinkled over the top of all those beautiful ingredients. It's actually the other way around. So you can put your tomato base or just your sprinkled cheese on the bottom and then put all your other ingredients on top. They will sing through, they will look amazing, and it will change the way you eat pizza forever. The other tip is, go to Doc. They're yum. Next time on A Plate to Call Home, we speak to Cedar Anderson from Flowhive. Here's a sneak peek. So the threats to the bees are, are quite wide and varied, and it's not any one particular thing. It is pesticides, it is management, it is diseases, but ultimately, all rolled together, it's stress. That's next time on A Plate to Call Home. I'm Gary Megan. Talk to you then. A Plate to Call Home is recorded in the Podcast One studios. The show is produced by Dave Swalensky, executive producer, Jamie Show. Special thanks to Imogen Thomas for the research and audio production by Nick Slater. And for more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or the Podcast One app.